You are Locked On Sooners, your daily Oklahoma Sooners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. From the G Family Performance Center here in Edmond, Oklahoma, welcome to another episode of the Locked On Sooners podcast. I am your gracious and humble host, Eric G., saying thank you so much for making us a part of your day. It's an early morning edition of the Locked On Sooners podcast. Why? Because last night I had podcasted late because it was Halloween and I thought it would be kind of cool. I mean, I guess you can take the uh, boy out of the uh, rock studio, but you can't take the rock studio out of the boy or something like that. And unfortunately, I mean, you would think 20 plus years of broadcast experience, I would know how to work equipment. Not always the case. And for some reason, last night's episode, even though I sat here and watched it record, did not record. And uh, by the time I had kind of got everything put together with Locked on Thunder, it was 1 o'clock in the morning, I thought, you know what, I'm going to get up. I didn't really like last night's episode anyway, and I'll do two episodes on November 1st to make it up to you. So we'll do this one this morning. This is the morning edition if you will, of Locked On Sooners. Then we will have the afternoon edition coming up with Locked On Sooners. And I'm supposed to go down to Norman tonight uh, to watch the OU men's basketball team play. And we'll touch on them in segment number three. And we'll hear from Lon Kruger. If for no other reason today we will hear from Lon Kruger is because he's an ultra-positive guy. If you are dying, if you have a terminal illness, the one guy that can make you feel like you're going to beat it Lon Kruger. So we'll let Lon talk about his team as the Sooners get ready to start their exhibition season tonight against Pittsburgh State. They start their season in earnest a week from Friday, which is the day before Bedlam. And speaking of Bedlam, we're going to talk about OU's schedule the rest of the way here in segment number one, which ironically, that was not the direction that I was going last night because last night it was really all about the college football playoffs and OU's path and we can kind of get to that, and I'll give you some analytics um, that get, that are very much in OU's favor, and more so in OU's favor than Notre Dame's and Michigan's and Ohio State's. So that's segment number one. Plus, how likely is it that OU will face either West Virginia or Texas in that Big 12 championship game? Because I've been taking it for granted and started looking at everybody's schedule, and I honestly believe West Virginia is going to get eliminated here in the next couple of weeks. And who is that outlier team? Well, I think you probably know right now it's Iowa State. But what does, if in fact OU does have to play Iowa State twice, what does that do to their resume? That's coming up in segment number one. In segment number two, Lincoln Riley picked up the most important endorsement he could pick up for the Browns job, and that is... Baker Mayfield. Well, at least Baker Mayfield did say that Lincoln Riley would be a really good head coach. And I I call that an endorsement. And if the Browns have any interest in making Baker Mayfield happy, and if Baker Mayfield does think Lincoln Riley's the guy, then that box and door need to be open. And that needs to be a conversation between Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns and eventually Lincoln Riley's agent. But I started thinking about the perfect professional jobs if you are Lincoln Riley, based on Lincoln Riley's personality, family situation, and where I think he could go and not only be successful, but ultimately be happy. And I will give you my opinion on those jobs. There's not a ton of them, not a ton of them in the NFL, but I also will tell you why sometimes you're willing to deal with not being completely happy to get the shot that uh, Lincoln Riley may get 
here in the next few weeks. And then finally, we wrap it up, as I said, talking with uh, Lon Kruger and a little bit about OU's basketball and uh, giving some much-due praise to to Trey Brown. And this is the Locked on Sooners podcast. I'm Eric G. I work for 1340 The Game and News Radio 1000 KTOK in Oklahoma City. I've covered OU for five years. I'm the co-host of Saturday Game Day, which can be heard on the Oklahoma News Network, as well as 1340 The Game and News Radio 1000 KTOK on Saturdays, and I co-host that with Randy Renner. If you like what you hear, please go to LockedOnPodcast.com and subscribe to the Locked On Sooners podcast via iTunes. I have been taking it for granted that OU is going to go undefeated the rest of the way. And uh, color me guilty on this because looking at the schedule again today, there is not a single game that worries me the rest of the way. Even that Bedlam game where quirky and strange things seem to happen, whether it's Bob Stoops deciding to punt again or just going up to Stillwater and having that usual mayhem that seems to be only reserved for a place like Lubbock. I don't see that happening this year. I really don't. Um, OU is an extremely focused team. And after that Texas game, the the best and worst thing that could have happened to a lot of teams in college football was OU lose to Texas. Best, obviously, because it could ultimately knock OU out of the college football playoff this year. But the worst is because it got this team to focus. And OU goes through this every single year where they have a setback and they refocus. And just quite frankly, they are better then everybody else, they're going to play the, the rest of the way this year. And they should win every one of those games, including that game in Morgantown, Virginia. And I guess, wait, should I mention Kansas? Do I mention the fact that OU plays Kansas after um, after playing Oklahoma State? Yeah, I'm not worried about them at all. Boy, yeah, if you lose to Kansas, no, you don't deserve to go to the college football playoff. But the reason I don't worry about West Virginia and don't worry about Tech this week is because I think OU knows what's ahead and OU knows what everybody else has to accomplish. And they're they're a team, they're a staff that's quite cognizant and sometimes even having outside noise and people telling you what you can do and what you can't do and here are the things they're going to be judging certainly helps serve as motivating factors and if not necessarily motivating factors, giving you a roadmap to what must be accomplished. But as far as West Virginia goes, by the time they get to OU and get to play that game on the Friday after Thanksgiving, West Virginia is going to be eliminated. Now, I say that going out on a limb, knowing I can be fully wrong. I always hedge my bets, really bad at hedging my bets. But West Virginia still has to go to Austin, play Texas this week. Texas coming off that tough loss to Oklahoma State. And if Texas is right mentally, they should beat West Virginia at home on Saturday. But they also have to go to Stillwater. And OSU pulled a rabbit out of their hat by beating Texas, and it's just that having to go cross-country twice over the last few weeks of the season before you get the opportunity to play OU is going to be very taxing on West Virginia. It doesn't bode well for them, and that's why I say West Virginia, as long as the Big 12 is set up the way that it is, and you having the conference championship game in Dallas West Virginia will never win a Big 12 championship because the schedule just isn't conducive to them winning a Big 12 championship and for all intents and purposes probably isn't conducive to them of even getting the opportunity to play in the Big 12 championship game. Still could happen this year, but I believe West Virginia gets eliminated either by a loss to Texas this weekend or eventually 
a loss to Oklahoma State. And as far as playing spoiler being a motivating factor for West Virginia, I'm not buying into that either because OU and West Virginia aren't rivals. Even though West Virginia has not beaten Oklahoma since it's come into the conference, I don't think for that group of kids, for Dana Holgerson, uh, for Dana Holgerson, it probably means something for him and his coaching staff. But for the kids, this isn't Pitt. And for the fans, this isn't Pitt. If this was an opportunity to knock Pitt out of playing for the Big East and knock Pitt out of an opportunity to play for the college championship, they might be motivated. But sometimes once a team loses any hope at all of accomplishing their goal, and for West Virginia, this they're in no short manner. If they lose to Texas or Oklahoma State or both in these next couple of weeks, then the ultimate goal can't be accomplished. And usually by that time, kids that young will pack it in. Sometimes you see motivation, but that usually comes in a rivalry situation. West Virginia, Oklahoma doesn't qualify as that. So let's take a look at Texas. Well, they still have to play Iowa State, and obviously they got West Virginia this week, and they've got both of those games at home, which gives them the advantage, but I'm not putting it past Iowa State to run the table because they've got Baylor next week after a week off, a game they should win. They go to Austin. Matt Campbell's got this team fired up, man. They're playing really good football right now. They could go into they could go into Austin and win. Texas <laughs> what well, Texas is back. And what what I mean by that is Texas finds a way to underachieve as they do every year. And OU could ultimately end up playing Iowa State in the Big 12 championship game. Iowa State still has that game with Incarnate Word hanging out there. But the only reason that's even on the schedule is because they had to dump their first game this year against South Dakota. I think it was against South Dakota State. And Iowa State, just by virtue of beating Baylor, Texas, and Kansas State, which is not out of the realm of possibility could end up in the Big 12 championship because they would have the tiebreaker over West Virginia. And I don't think beating Iowa State for a second time this year does OU a lick of good. Um, just looking at the resume, and if you want OU's best shot of going, I was looking at some metrics last night, and I've posted these on Sooner Maven. If you've not checked out the uh, Sooner Maven site, please do so. Please go to the Sooner Maven site. Just Google Sooner Maven right now. Okay, I've actually got the website itself open. And here's what it is. Get out, get out of there. <laughs> I'm trying to run my computer at the same time. It's collegesportsmaven.io backslash Oklahoma. That's collegesportsmaven.io backslash Oklahoma. And there are some scenarios for Oklahoma to go undefeated. And Oklahoma, according to certain metrics, has an opportunity to go undefeated more so than Michigan, Ohio State, and Notre Dame. And I look at Oklahoma, and it's just it, it's that simple. Just go undefeated, take care of business, and watch Notre Dame possibly get beat by USC. And just know that an undefeated Notre Dame team, even not playing a conference championship game, no matter how impressive you are in the conference championship game, and I'm not talking specifically about OU, now it falls into the category of Michigan. It falls into the category of Georgia. It falls into the category of, of every other conference champion. They're Notre Dame. They are going to get the benefit over you if they are undefeated. Notre Dame goes undefeated. It's going to eliminate the Pac-12. It probably eliminates the Big 12. And now it comes down to Big 10. And now it comes down to maybe the Big 10 champion in OU. And then is OU's resume better than Ohio State's? Is OU's resume better than Michigan's? I would not think that OU could say OU has a better resume than Michigan. If they went out, Ohio State, you could make a case for but if Ohio State were to beat Michigan, 
that's a bigger feather in the cap than maybe what OU can attain the rest of the way. So there is your college football playoff picture and talking about OU the rest of the way and just what could end up being a very crazy Big 12 here over the next few weeks. I'm Eric G. This is the Locked On Sooners podcast. I'm going to play Lincoln Riley's agent. I'm going to advise Lincoln Riley in the next segment about which professional jobs you should really be interested in here in the next few weeks. We'll talk about that here on the Locked On Sooners podcast. You are Locked On Sooners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We do have a new episode of Locked On Thunder that is already out. It's entitled Rockabye Patrick, which has to do with Patrick Beverly and Russell Westbrook. That's where the title is from. Uh, We do talk about that a bit in the first segment, as you can imagine. And we'll have another episode of Locked On Thunder as well as Locked On Sooners coming out this afternoon. And both will be available at LockedOnPodcast.com. And uh, feel free to listen whenever because it's an on-demand service. That's what I like to call it. Podcasts are on-demand. So whenever you want to listen, we fit in with your schedule. So if you're an early morning person, if you're midday, if you're overnight, we will fit that need. It is the Locked On Podcast Network at LockedOnPodcast.com. Baker Mayfield saying that Lincoln Riley would make a really good NFL coach. Not surprising there. I I wouldn't expect Baker Mayfield to say anything other than that. And if you're the Cleveland Browns and you've got any interest in Lincoln Riley at all, or just any interest in making Baker Mayfield happy, you you have to approach your future and star quarterback about guys he would like to see come coach the team. Now, you don't make the decision based on that, considering the fact that that Baker Mayfield has not even a full year in the NFL. In fact, that's suicide if if you go do something like that. You have to be the judge. You know the game better than he does. He's only been in a year. And even if he loves Lincoln Riley and and would like nothing more than Lincoln Riley to come to Cleveland and you don't feel Lincoln Riley's a fit, then you can't hire him. Because this is your job at stake as well. You don't let a rookie make that total decision. Baker Mayfield's a 12-year veteran. Yeah, I listen to him. I listen to him a lot closer if he's a guy like Tom Brady. And even a guy like Tom Brady, I don't afford the opportunity to make that decision because I know I may have to get rid of him at some point. So where does all this lead me? As I kind of went off on that tangent is... If I'm Lincoln Riley's agent and I'm looking at all the possible professional jobs that could be out there in the next few years, knowing what Lincoln Riley's personality is, which seems to be probably intense on the field, but otherwise laid back, easygoing kind of guy, doesn't want a lot of hassle, doesn't want to deal with a lot of drama anytime there is a lot of drama, he's a guy that wants to put that fire out as quickly as possible and not let that become a distraction. And and, and speaking of this being a distraction to OU players, and I know that you might be worried about that. I Maybe I'm giving kids too much credit, but I believe kids today are so well-educated on the business that is football. And with guys transferring now at the drop of a hat and coaches leaving at any time, I think kids understand that this is a business. 
and that Lincoln Riley could leave. And everybody says, commit to a school, not a coach. Well, that's never going to happen. It doesn't mean that you're not emotionally attached to a guy that's coaching you. You just understand that he may leave. And it ultimately may not be in your best interest to stay at said school. But when it comes to Lincoln Riley, I started thinking about organizations that fit in them. And the Cleveland Browns isn't one of them because every few years, they really seem to change directions. They're terrible at draft picks. Um, Baker Mayfield may be one of the few that they got right. Um, And you can't trust an organization like that because once they see things are going wrong, it's the, oh no, here we go again. They never tend to let things ride. And you can't win in an environment like that. You you just know you if you take the job at the Cleveland Browns, you know your time is limited. And unless you have a dramatic turnaround, and even if you have a dramatic turnaround and get this team to the playoffs, if the next year there's any setback at all, they're going to lose faith in you just as quickly as they had faith in you. And not all organizations are like that. A lot of people would point to the Patriots, but I'll submit this on the Patriots. From Lincoln Riley, it's an organization I stay away from because unless your name is Bill Belichick or Josh McDaniels, Robert Kraft isn't going to have that much isn't going to have that much leeway with you, or you're not going to get that much leeway with him. Remember, Robert Kraft is the same guy that wanted to get rid of Bill Parcells. Robert Kraft is the guy that spawned the famous quote: "If you're going to cook the meal, they need to at least let you buy some of the groceries." So I would stay away from the Patriots. Really, I mean, if I'm looking at Lincoln Riley, you're talking about strictly stability. The place to go is Pittsburgh if they ever get rid of Mike Tomlin. Pittsburgh leaves you alone. They let you coach. Not only do they let you coach, but they'll leave you there for as many years as humanly possible because they believe in continuity. And I don't think there is another NFL organization like that in the entire league that believes in that much continuity. I do believe that Lincoln Riley's personality is as such that he could deal with a guy like Jerry Jones. Philly, I know it sounds crazy, Philly might be a good place for Lincoln Riley. Maybe not from a geographical standpoint, and you got to deal with the Philly fans, but that's an organization that, for the most part, tends to let you do your job. You have a GM run it, and you do your job, and then you've got Kansas City. It's places like that that I'm looking if I'm Lincoln Riley, especially if I'm really comfortable being a college coach and being in charge of everything that's going on. And if you, I think in some respects, once you decide you are making that jump to the NFL, if you're a guy like Lincoln Riley, you're young enough where you understand you're giving up a hell of a lot of your power. And you are giving up being the focal point of this institution. You you totally get that. That's why I say a guy like Urban Meyer doesn't work in the NFL because I don't think Urban Meyer can get past not being the focal point. And it would be the worst thing in the world for Baker Mayfield to have Urban Meyer come in because Urban Meyer would be the focal point of the Cleveland Browns because he's the brand new coach. He's success at Ohio State. And it just seems like ultimately that could lead to being a toxic mix. Uh, And and the reason Pete Carroll was able to have success this second go-around in the NFL or third go-around with the Seattle Seahawks is, one, he went, he had a success at USC. He'd coached in the NFL before. He was more of an NFL guy than a college guy and just understood what it took to win, knew how to relate to players, and for the most part, seemed like a happy-go-lucky guy. I think Lincoln Riley could definitely relate to players. I think he could do the job. It's just a matter of finding that right fit. So 
If I'm suggesting to Lincoln Riley, hey, let's look at a Kansas City, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, those places, and for the most part, it doesn't seem like any of those jobs are coming open anytime soon. This is the Locked on Sooners podcast. I am Eric G. We'll close things out today by hearing from Lon Kruger as the OU basketball team gets their season underway tonight. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily Oklahoma Sooners podcast. Locked On Thunder is published, and it is at LockedOnPodcast.com as well as LockedOnThunder.com. Thunder and Hornets tonight. We'll have another episode of Locked On Thunder coming out later on this afternoon as well as another episode of the Locked On Sooners podcast. And both of those can be found at the LockedOnPodcast.com website. And the Locked On Podcast Network is your number one daily local podcast. We are your team every day, except Halloween night, because the host doesn't know how to work his own equipment. Um, the OU men's basketball team does open their season tonight, or at least they get into exhibition season tonight by playing Pittsburgh State. That game is out at the LNC. Hope to see you there. I'm going to try and make it down. Still got a couple of podcasts to, to uh, crank out, but I am looking forward to uh, covering OU this coming basketball season, and I'm excited about seeing where this team goes without Trey Young to see if, in fact, they are a more cohesive unit. They are certainly a veteran ball club, a lot of experience on this ball club this year, and I'm, I don't think that makes them better than Kansas. It may make them a bit of a surprise in running through the Big 12, and I think like all OU fans, it's all about getting to the NCAA tournament and making it at least past the first round this year. But I give Lon Kruger a lot of credit because he's done such a great job with this program. And I'm one of those rare beasts that doesn't, I don't care necessarily how Lon Kruger does as the men's basketball coach. I'd like to see him stay in charge and, and when he decides to retire, still be a pretty heavily influential figure in this basketball program because he understood that there was tradition at OU. He understood that there was a past to link to, and he wanted to get those past players involved with current players. And you just feel like with a guy like him in charge that things are eventually going to be fine. Why? Because he's so ultra-positive. And here is Lon Kruger's opening statement from his Media Day press conference. Great time of year. Yeah, exciting uh, uh, to be opening up an uh, exhibition game tomorrow night. Uh, guys uh, guys, been doing uh, a really good job. Uh, like their commitment, uh, like their focus. Uh, you know, they're sharing the ball, uh, making progress every day, uh, anxious to see what we can transfer from practice to a live game situation tomorrow night. But that's why uh, you, you do the exhibition games to, to get in front of people and uh, see if we can uh, do exactly that, transfer stuff we've been doing in practice. So uh, we uh, uh, biggest challenge is probably guys uh, taking on different roles uh, from what they've had last year. Even though we've got six seniors, everyone's got to you know, do a little bit different from what they've done last year. Jamani, of course, inside, uh, need him to be – that consistent guy on the interior every night, uh, Christian James, Richard Odoms, uh, as uh, you know, uh, seniors have had a lot of minutes in Big 12 play. Got to step out and and give others uh, some security because of that experience. Uh, uh, again, uh, uh, Christian Doolittle, Brady Manick uh, coming off of uh, a lot of uh, a lot of experience uh, last year. Uh, uh, then the new guys, new guys, uh, two grad seniors, uh, grad transfers in. Uh, 
Aaron Clickstay and Miles Reynolds uh, both doing a really good job and uh, expecting to to be huge in the in the mix. So in uh, Jamal Bienemy and uh, at the point guard spot, combo guard spot, and uh, Kerr, big uh, big transfer, uh, doing a good job uh, as well. So a lot of different guys uh, play. Uh, we'll play a lot of guys. We'll have good depth and uh, exciting about what lies ahead. That's OU and Pittsburgh State tonight down at the LNC. Hopefully we will see you there. And let's give some kudos to a Trey Brown who has been nominated for the Orange Bowl FWAA Courage Award. Um, Brown lost his mother last month on October the 14th. Um, he played in the played in the TCU game just three days after the funeral. And uh, the Courage Award, um, it's one of these things that was uh, first presented by the Football Writers Association of America, which is what it was um, back in 2002. But I think when you go through something like Trey Brown does, it certainly not only makes you a worthy nominee, but certainly could make you a worthy winner as well. But, um, you know, that's just, it's incredible. I don't, I don't know how he did it. I don't know how you play a football game after losing your mom, but it all goes back to that's normalcy. You know, losing your mom is not normal, but being on the football field and being around your teammates, that is normal. And a lot of players will tell you that that is extremely, for lack of a better term, therapeutic to just get out and do what you've normally been doing just to kind of put some balance back in your life. This is the Locked On Sooners podcast. I'm Eric G. We've got another episode coming later this afternoon. We'll take a closer look at the Texas Tech game and Kyler Murray versus Baker Mayfield. What is the ultimate judge of a quarterback? We'll tell you on the afternoon episode of Locked On Sooners. Until then, I'm Eric G. Saying everybody love everybody and peace, love, and boomer soon. You are Locked On Sooners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcast Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea. 